Welcome to the Beauty and the Vlog podcast. I am your host, Erica Vieira. Beauty and the Vlog is a number one online community and weekly podcast dedicated to supporting content creators and influencers in beauty, fashion, fitness, and lifestyle. We provide insight into the business, branding, SEO, content creation, and more of what it takes to be a successful online influencer. We've got influencer interviews and in-depth discussions to help you achieve your goals and see results online. To get the most out of Beauty and the Vlog, make sure to join the Beauty and the Vlog Facebook group and check out our Beauty and the Vlog website for show notes and more. Also, if you're new, then welcome and please make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single weekly episode. So sit back, relax, and prepare to learn, have fun, and be inspired. Let's go. Well, hello, beauties. Erica here with another episode for you guys. And I do want to thank you for being patient the last couple of weeks where I didn't upload a episode. You know, I try really hard to be consistent and to upload weekly. I know you guys love the interviews and the podcast and you don't like a week to go by without getting that nice dose of inspiration and beauty in the vlog. But I do have just a lot of stuff going on, including amazing things for Beauty in the Vlog, including our new website, which I've been talking about forever. It's taking a little bit longer than I thought, but it's just going to be really awesome. And I'm recording a bunch of interviews. I'm actually trying to record a ton in anticipation of my birth (laughs) of my second child that's going to be coming up. So I want to make sure I have content for when I'm busy snuggling with my little newborn. So thank you for the patience there. And I've been working really hard on a bunch of cool stuff for you guys as well. But hopefully you're in the Facebook group because I'm still in there. We're hanging out. We're chatting. We're doing our daily posts. People are posting. There's just a lot of fun stuff going on over there. So if you're not part of the Facebook group, I'm always there. And I love to interact with you guys and see those of you that are listening. And we get so many downloads, but podcasting is different than say YouTube channel or Instagram. You don't really get that one-on-one engagement like you do in the comments. So it's nice to have that in the Facebook group. So make sure you join the Facebook group. If you haven't already, just search Beauty in the Blog and I'll add you. And so we have a great interview for you today. This one is really, really interesting. This is a story I've never heard before. And her name is Lindsay Marie, and I'll go into her bio. So Lindsay, this is like super cool and interesting, but she's a 24-year-old fashion and lifestyle influencer currently located in Columbus, Ohio, originally from Georgia. In 2015, shortly after starting her YouTube channel and graduating from college, Lindsay won a free apartment, including furniture, food, and all expenses, as well as 67,000 in prizes for one year. No joke. She lived at like a brand new apartment complex on top of a mall. For those of you that are here in LA, it's very similar to the Grove or the Americana. And they She got like hundreds of dollars of gift certificates a month to all the stores there. It's insane. So with no bills, she decided to focus entirely on her YouTube channel. Currently, Lindsay has 300,000 subscribers and 14.6 million video views. And Lindsay, she's just really motivated and had a really good energy about her. And just gave a lot of really good and interesting insight into her journey with being a YouTuber and then also some really good tips about video topic ideas and researching different topic ideas. And I know that's something that comes up quite a bit in the Facebook group and amongst the masterminding people that I work with. So she has a lot of really good tips there. 
But if you have been enjoying the podcast, please, please, please take a moment to share it. It really helps when you guys share it in other Facebook groups, in your Instagram, and in your Instagram stories, on a video. If you're doing a favorites video, if you're doing a video about your channel or, you know, what inspires you or how to get started on YouTube, definitely, you know, mention the podcast. It helps so much. And the more you guys share, the more it allows me to get more and more guests, bigger guests, awesome guests, and also attract more sponsors, which allows me to continue putting on this podcast for you guys. So I just want to just ask you guys just to please, please share. You guys are all influencers yourself. So you guys all have amazing audiences and loyal audiences. So share. And for those that have been sharing, I really, really appreciate it. I'm seeing the numbers just grow consistently, which is amazing. And I just really appreciate it. And you guys are amazing and awesome. So without further ado, let's get started with this interview. Hi, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm excited to dive into your story because it's super interesting. And I think people are going to really just find it really interesting. And I want to learn more about it too. (laughs) So (laughs) the first question that I ask everybody that's come onto the podcast is, what inspired you to start your YouTube channel? Well, I grew up in a really small town in Georgia. And I never really felt like I fit in. In the town that I grew up in, I didn't have like a lot of friends and everyone in the town I grew up in was really into like hunting and fishing and being outside, which is really cool and stuff too, I guess. I don't know, not for me. I was always more of like, uh, I was into fashion and beauty and lifestyle and I loved watching other YouTubers. I used to watch like Nikki Philippi. It was about five, six years ago. I was obsessed with her channel. And then one day I was just thinking like, you know, there's this whole community of people who can talk about whatever they want and everyone like accepts them. Like on YouTube, there's like this whole community where everyone can just be whatever they want to be, whoever they want to be. And so it took me a while, but then eventually I just got the courage and I was like, okay, I want to join this community. So what were you doing before that? Were you working? Were you in school? Well, both. I was actually in school full time. I have a degree in photography and I was doing photography full time before that. Oh, wow. What were you doing photography? Were you doing your own thing or were you working for a company? I actually worked for a little while, like for Urban Outfitters, the one in Atlanta. But for the most part, I was just doing like wedding photography and like from on my own. Some wedding photography, like seniors, stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. So you kind of had a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit just even getting out of school by doing kind of your own business like that. Right. I'd say so. I never really loved the idea of having a boss. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. And so you decided at what point in your, I'd say, school career, what point did you kind of decide to hop onto YouTube? It was about 2014. I think my first video went up in like November 2014. I'm sure I've deleted that one by now. (laughs) But I was just about to graduate school in April. And I was like, okay, I'm either going to do this. or I'm going to keep talking about doing it. And so I remember I sat down and filmed a video. And then at first, for the first like month or two, I'd film like once every two or three weeks and then delete it. But then finally, around January 2015, I was like, okay, I'm and like take this really seriously and like give it my all and worked out, I guess. So so why don't you share with the audience kind of how financially you're able to support yourself while committing to your YouTube channel? Okay, something kind of crazy happened. So like I said, I grew up in a really small town and I'm not going to lie, I struggled for a long time. Not sure what I was really going to do. There wasn't really much opportunity. Like there aren't a ton of jobs there. And I definitely knew I didn't want to live there my whole life, but I wasn't sure how I was going to save up all this money to like move to somewhere else like I did eventually. But then one of my friends was heard on the radio that there's this contest for Atlanta, Georgia, which is about an hour and 30 minutes south of where I lived, which is like the city area, really nice, much bigger, a lot of opportunity. And 
was basically a new community was building. It was kind of like a big shopping mall with apartments on top of it. Picture like the Grove in LA with apartments on top. And they were giving away a contest where one person could live there for free for an entire year. You would get like all your groceries paid for, all of your utilities paid for, and you'd get like a gift card every month to like all the stores. And I thought it was kind of a joke. At first, I was like, there's no way this is true. And the catch was you had to be at least 21. And none of my friends were 21 except for me. And they're like, Lindsay, you've got to go. You've got to do it. And so I entered. And lo and behold, two months later, they had this big thing where they invited the top three down. And I won. That's so crazy. So was it based on any type of criteria or was it a random drawing or how was it that you won out of everybody else? I think it was, well, first we had to submit a video and I did talk about how I really had this like drive to like travel the world and like do interesting creative things and how I was graduating college and how I wanted to experience exciting things that I hadn't experienced. I think they liked the fact that I was, uh, most people that entered were a little bit older than me. I think they liked that I was 21. And I also talked about my photography and video background, which I think they thought they liked that as well, because I got to do a lot of help with a lot of advertising while I lived there. And I also mentioned how I just started a YouTube channel. And at the time, I had about 30,000 on YouTube. And I did actually promote it on my channel. And I asked all my subscribers to vote for me because there was a voting process as well. I found out later on, even with those only 30,000 at the time that I had, like I said, 10 times the amount of likes or votes than anyone else, which I thought was incredible because I honestly, for a long time, didn't think I was going to win. I would like watch everyone's submissions like, oh my gosh, they're going to get it. There's no way I'm going to win this. And then I guess it worked out, which is great. Wow, that's really cool. And so then you won the contest and then you moved it to this new apartment, right? (laughs) Right. Extremely new furnished apartment. It was crazy. I sobbed. I was crying for like two days straight. It's completely furnished? Yes. It was completely furnished by West Elm. They gave, they furnished all the furniture and I got to keep it afterwards. You got to keep the furniture? Mm -hmm. Everything I got that year, I got to keep it. Even like the TV and everything, like everything I got to keep except for the apartment. Except for the apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So you were able to live basically completely free in this apartment completely furnished. Did you get to pick out the furnishing or was that already there? They did it like it's a surprise, but I got to send them like, I think I, it was like top 10 for living room, top 10 for kitchen, like things I would want. And they kind yeah. of went there, but oh they did really well. How big was the apartment? It's like 750 square feet. So big enough for me. Definitely big enough. It was just a, a one bedroom? Yes, yeah, just a one bedroom. Oh, if it was another bedroom, you could have rented it out and exactly. <laughs> <laughs> got a little income. So you had this nice one bedroom, brand new apartment. And then you said that they gave you all your groceries too. Mm-hmm. There was a Whole Foods on property and they were part oh. of the contest. I know. It was so crazy. You got free Whole Foods for a year? Yeah, I was so spoiled. <laughs> oh my God. So you got free Whole Foods for a year. You got to live in this apartment, fully furnished, keep the furniture, and then you got a gift card for like the rest of the stores in the mall. Right. There's like a free people, a Columbia. There's a bunch of restaurants. There was Regal Cinemas. I got free tickets every week. There was like a oh skating God. rink, all these different things. It was like a dream come true. It was crazy. How much do they give you to spend like on like miscellaneous things like that? I'd say most of the gift cards were anywhere from like 250 to 500. I know that sounds so crazy to say out loud, but... So probably for each store. Yeah, for a month. So you got a gift card from every single store in the mall? There's a few that I didn't get one for. I think there was like, there's BCBG. I don't think they gave one. And there's like a few other random stores that were like Uh a little bit more higher end. They couldn't like just give me a gift card, I think. But for the most part, almost every single store. Oh my God. 
I've never heard of that. That's so crazy. You are one lucky girl. <laughs> I know it was crazy. They said they kind of picked me because they felt like it was a Cinderella because I did come from like a pretty small, like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say like a sad background, but I didn't come from anywhere pretty. And I think they thought they were doing like a Cinderella moment, which mm-hmm. I was you know, very grateful for. But so I think that's why. What a life-changing opportunity for you. It was. It was really life-changing. I actually went to a high school with only like a hundred people in my graduating class. I went, it was super small. So Oh my God, that's like so fascinating. (laughs) So you graduate from college, you applied for this contest, you won. And so when did you move into this apartment? January 1st, 2015. 2015. And you had just started your channel in November? Wait, when in in 2014? Around October, November, 2014. So from October to November to January, you already had 30,000 YouTube subscribers? Yeah. So that was another big lucky thing. Everyone kept talking about how like that was my year. Uh So I don't know if you remember, Bethany Moto had a clothing collection Mm -hmm. and I just started my channel and I saw she was coming out with a clothing collection. I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to be the first one to buy this and the first one to put up a video. And so I made sure to be at the mall. This is before, like during the contest time, like right before they were like about to start like narrowing it down. Mm -hmm. So I went in to the local mall and I stood in line for Bethany Moto's collection. And I went home that day. I filmed a video, like a review of every piece. I like saved all my money for this mm-hmm. and filmed like a haul with all of her clothes, a try on. And then I put the video up and there had no one else had put one up yet because I'd done it so quickly. And Bethany Moda actually put it on her channel re- and posted it like under her playlist for the video. And I just wow. got, I know I got so much track. It had like 2 million views and I was like, oh my wow. God. Yeah. So it was like two strikes of luck, like back to back. Wow. So you started your channel like in October, November. And then when did you upload this video? The Bethany Moda video was in yeah. November. So it was like right when you started, basically. It was like right when I started. Wow. So you upload this video and then it just skyrocketed. So that's how you got all those subscribers. Right. I got it in like about three days. I had 30,000 from it. Oh, oh my God. I know. I was like, what happened? I think the video is still somewhere on her channel, which is so wow. cool of her. I bet she has like had no idea like what a life changer that would be. Yeah, because then that also helped you win that contest. Absolutely. It was a big. Oh, my God. Wow. So this is interesting, though, because you had just started your YouTube channel. So were you I haven't seen the video, but um, we'll link it in the show notes so you guys can check it out if you're curious. You said it's still up, right? It's still on your channel. It might be unlisted, but if it's unlisted, I can make it public. I mean, it's not a big deal. Okay. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, because it's like you had just started your channel, but you do have a photography background. So how was the quality of your videos when you first uploaded them? I would say they were pretty good. I wouldn't say it was the best quality because I was still learning editing, like video editing, but I would say Mm -hmm. the quality of the videos was really good. And I also had like an entire classmates of photography students. So for that video, like one of my best friends, she also did video. So she'd help me film and we'd make sure the clips were really good. And mm-hmm. so I had like a team effort on it. Yeah, because I think if the quality of your video wasn't very good, I don't think she would have probably put it on Absolutely. her playlist. Absolutely. And that's why I'm a big believer. I know some of the guests on the show will say, just start, just start with what you have, even if it's a webcam or your iPhone, which I understand that piece of advice. But I personally think that if you're really going to take this YouTube thing seriously, I think that the quality is so, so important. I think so. I do. I also agree. I think quality is a big factor. Yeah. And that's probably so when you had that Bethley Moda video, were you uploading pretty regularly at that time? No, I'd actually only uploaded a few videos on my channel. 
So what did you change then with your channel? Like, did you change anything with your approach to your channel after you hit that? Uh, I just made sure to start doing it very consistently. I was like, okay, I don't want to take this, you know, strike of luck and just like, Mm -hmm. let it go to waste. So I just kept uploading consistently and regularly. And then so I guess I've never stopped since. Wow, that's really incredible. And a few months later, you won that contest. So at that time, when you started your YouTube channel, you were still doing your photography business, right? Right. Okay. And that was basically how you were supporting yourself after college. Right. That's what I was doing full time. And were you living at home at that point? I was. I was still living at home. I was making okay, but not enough to just... Not enough to be on your own. Okay. So then what did you do then once you moved into that apartment with your career, with your YouTube channel? What happened at that point? Um, I just took it as serious as I could because I realized that, you know, I had a year to do whatever I wanted. And I was really like, I wasn't... I would say I was still very new at YouTube. I was still nervous in front of the camera, but I knew that I had a year to like take a big shot at it. And if it didn't work, well, then that was, you know, that I tried. So that entire year, I just worked really, really hard. And at first I actually didn't grow for a while after I was at a 30,000 point for like, at least I think it was a good thing though. I was at around 30,000 for at least six, seven months, but I think I needed that. So I knew what it was still like to be a smaller YouTuber because I needed to work for it. I think it's a good thing when you're working for videos. I know a lot of people sometimes have that like strike of luck and then it kind of gets to your head and I'm glad that didn't happen. I'm glad I still had to work for it. Mm-hmm. So I did. I said from the 30,000, it did take a while to grow, but I just took it as serious as possible. I tried to make sure every video was like good quality. I used everything I could around there with all the gift cards and being able to use the property. I just used all of that that I was, had won like to my advantage. Yeah. It was so great because I had the entire mall I was allowed to film at. And actually at the property, no one, like people weren't allowed to come on and take photos or video, but I had like a special pass. Wow. And so I also got to do videos that year, like with three people on my channel, like they worked with me and would like style a full lookbook for me. And like all these different companies would work with me to help me with videos. And so it's kind of like everyone on there, like wanted to see me succeed afterwards. So I mm-hmm. definitely had a lot of help from them as well, which was really cool. Wow. I think it's really great because some people listen to this way like, oh, well, now she had so much help and that's why she's successful. But the thing is, though, some people might have taken that opportunity and just kind of hung around all year and watched TV and gone shopping and just done whatever, you know, had whatever job or whatever. But you really took advantage of the fact that you had access to all these clothing stores and you had access to this property and you really worked it, which I think is awesome. Oh, absolutely. I definitely know what it was like to come from like a hard financial background, Mm -hmm. like not knowing what you're going to do. So I definitely made sure like to make the most of it and like do whatever it took. So did you stop your photography business? I did after around six, seven months. I think when my Mm -hmm. channel started, I got, it was around back to school season that year when my Mm -hmm. channel started doing like another big growth. And then I hit a hundred thousand in 2015. I think it was around November of 2015. So about a year later. And so sometime around there, I was just like, okay, well, this has become like a sort of a job. I had enough money to live off of it. So I stopped doing photography as much. Mm, Okay. And yeah, because at that point you weren't, it wasn't actually necessary probably for you to be making money. But at that point, that was towards the end of your tenure there at the free mall or whatever. So yeah, yeah, what do I need to do at this point, you know, next year? So you had 30,000 subscribers for quite a while and then you jumped up to 100. Did something happen when you popped up to that next level? Well, it was like a slow growth from like January to like maybe August or something. I probably grew slowly from like 30 to 50 
or something, just like a slow, normal growth. But then in back to school season, I just did a ton of popular videos, which I plan to do again this year. Mm -hmm. And like I did last year, just a ton of really trending. I feel like back to school season is actually, in my opinion, one of the best times to grow on YouTube. So I just really took to doing every back to school video because I knew they were so highly searched. And I had a few, I had like a night routine, I think that's still up. And I think that one hit like seven or 800,000. And I had a few other that did that as well. And that took me from like that 50 to 100,000. So what types of videos specifically for back to school did you do or that you have done that you find are super popular? Oh, gosh, so many like back to school morning routines, back to school outfits, back to school hairstyles, even back to school advice does really well. Back to school hauls. A lot of people do like DIY supplies, good like morning, like breakfast ideas. I haven't done those, but like those are also really good ones. I think anything to do with back to school just tends to do really, really well because it's like everyone is searching at that time. And did you mainly focus on college or high school or who did you find were watching your videos? Because at that point you were out of college. You were still close enough to have some, feel some connection to it. But was it people of all ages that were watching it? Well, I'd say my main audience is actually around 18 to 24, but then my second audience is 13 to 17. I think when I filmed that first back to school series, I was doing more towards a younger audience, but then I realized I was gaining a little bit of an older audience. So I tried to like towards the end of the back to school season and like last year as well, I tried doing it more like towards college, but the videos would also work for high school, but maybe gear them towards college for just for me at least. So for this year, I mean, we're July, so we're heading into that back to school season. Are you already starting to think about it? Have you already started filming or have ideas of types of videos that you're going to do? I am. I actually filmed my first back to school video a few days ago. Oh, did you upload it already? Not yet. I've been editing it this morning. So it'll go probably on Thursday. Are there any things that you want to tell people like things that you're going to be doing or thinking about doing for back to school? I know people are always looking for ideas for this. Well, I think lists do really well. I did a lot of research and I noticed that lists do really well. So if you plan to do something for like school supplies, outfits, hairstyles, lunch ideas, any of those, I think doing lists, I know that sounds so simple, but like 15 back to school lunch ideas, 15 DIY school supplies, that number is like proven to actually get more people to click on it. Yeah, that's so funny you brought that up because a few probably by the time we air this, maybe like a month and a half, two months ago, I uploaded a podcast episode all about effective titles for your YouTube channels. And one of the big points that I talked about is that lists do really, really well. And statistically- I bet I got that from your podcast. Maybe. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I know, because I know you said you're a listener, right? Yeah, I am. (laughs) Statistically speaking, lists in blog posts and in YouTube videos do better than other types of titles. So I'll link for those of you guys who haven't listened to it, I'll link it in the show notes. And the show notes are beautyandthevlog.com forward slash Lindsay Marie. And I'll link that podcast episode into uh, the show notes so you can check that out. But that's a basic idea is just do lists. And I know that they do really well. They do. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because I think part of it too is just like people see that they're like, okay, it's like actionable. Like that's 15 things or seven things or 10 things that I can do, Right. blah, blah, blah. So yeah, yeah. that's awesome. And that's really good, really good advice. So then you went and you hit 100,000 almost right before you were done with the apartment. Right. So then what happened next? Like, did you have to move out? Could you stay there but pay the rent? Or what was your next step? So I could stay there if I had wanted to, but it was pretty expensive there. It's really expensive. And I really for the price of that, I could move. And I'd always wanted to move out of the state that I lived in and kind of had like a fresh start. So actually in 2016, last year, I actually moved to a different state. 
I moved to Columbus, Ohio, which is where I live right now. But I actually lived in LA for a few months this year as well. But as soon as the year was up, I literally just saved and stayed home for like two or three months. And I saved money just for a few months with YouTube. And then I moved to Columbus, Ohio. And then so at that point, you were making enough once you moved to Columbus from your YouTube to basically support yourself. Yes. Gotcha. Now, why did you end up in California for a few months? Um, January of this year, I'm actually engaged. And my fiance, we met in Columbus, he got an internship out in Los Angeles, and I'd always wanted to go and it's just kind of like a perfect timing. So we both just went out January of this year until we just got back two weeks ago. So Oh, wow. Where in California were you? Los Angeles. Oh, you're in LA. Mm -hmm. Awesome. You're in my hometown. (laughs) Yeah, we loved it. So are you going to be staying in Columbus from here on out? Are you going to go back to LA? We don't know. We definitely want to travel. I think we want to go to New York next and then probably Mm -hmm. LA again eventually. And then a few other cities if possible. So I'm curious because a lot of people say or they ask this question or people, this is a topic that comes up that they feel that if you're in California or LA or a big city like that, that there's more opportunity if you are on YouTube. Did you feel that to be the case, especially since you've lived in different areas? I do think so because I, so I just reached 300,000 last week and I would say I got probably the most growth besides obviously that big jump in the beginning that I've ever had consistently the entire time that I was in LA. Just because I had, it's always nice weather to film. There's so many different locations to film. I think like the quality of my videos the past six months were so good. And that was like a really consistent growth. And it's also on Instagram, just having all those locations and so many network opportunities. I definitely noticed a huge growth for me the past six months. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I think in a lot of places, though, there's a lot of beautiful locations and places where people can film. Oh, absolutely. But the networking thing, that is somewhat more location specific. So were you doing a lot of networking events here in LA? I did. I tried to go to as many events possible, do as many like collaborations, hang out with more like as many YouTubers as possible. Not even just the collab, just I feel like just knowing more people in the industry just kind of helps just knowing more people. So I just tried like meeting as many people as possible. Okay, so now you're back to Columbus, Ohio, or not back, but you're living there. And so what's kind of at this point, so what's next with you and your channel? Honestly, to continue growing as much as possible. I was actually with a network for a while. I got with a network almost as soon as the Bethany Moda thing happened. And I'm actually just ending that network next month. So I really want to try on my own, just growing as much as possible, doing everything on my own, taking my channel like to as far as I can. I definitely think since back to school season's here, I'm going to work as hard as I can to get as many of those videos up. And Noah, my fiance, he's also pretty good at filming. And so that's also really, really great having someone to help me. So I plan on just having as many good videos as possible and to continue networking. And I also want to maybe start thinking about like future opportunities because I know the best part about YouTube is that you can grow and do other things. So I'm starting to think of like what I would want, like, you know, once you have a big enough like audience, like what I would want to do next, like whether it was like start a clothing line or like Mm -hmm. start some sort of something from my YouTube channel as well. And so... Right now, how many videos are you uploading a week? Two videos a week. Two videos a week. And so are you going to stay with that schedule? Yes, I've thought about doing more, but everyone I ask says that they think that, you know, two is a good number and three would be too much, almost like overkill. And I don't mm-hmm. want to annoy anyone. So mm-hmm. I think two for now is like a good number. Is that what you've done this whole time is two a week? I have. There's been a few times when like there's a really popular season where I'll, I'd upload three if I just had too many videos to film, like for back to school season sometimes. But for the most part, I've had like the same schedule since I started. 
Are you going to do three a week when back to school season starts this year? Possibly. If I have too many videos, I've been writing them down. If I have too many, then I might add like three a week every now and then. And how do you come up with the topics of your videos, specifically those back to school ones? Do you do research on it or do you just kind of come up with them? Both. I think a big thing is like seeing what your audience asks for. I think that's Mm -hmm. a great way to see like what people actually want. So many people ask for back to school morning routines, outfits and hairstyles. So those tend to do really well. But I also use Google Trends a lot. And I look up different keywords and find out like how much they're trending on YouTube versus like how much certain keywords trended last year. And then I also like search like my analytics a lot to see what videos in the past did really well. And I use that to figure out what videos I should recreate or like do again this year. Do you use a Google Keyword Planner or is it the Google? I know there's like uh, Think Like Google or where do you find the Google Trends? I think it's like trends.google.com or something. Mm-hmm. And just type in the word you want. And you can switch it from web search to YouTube search. And I just do it that way. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to find some new content or figure right. out ideas. And it's good that you're strategic about it too, because you know, if you know you want to do back to school, but you're like, okay, what can I do that's going to be hot this year or new or different? Especially since you've done so many in the past, you have to like come up with some kind of ideas. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I don't want to do the exact same things I did last year. Again, Everyone's going to know that, yeah, they're going to yeah. be like, wait, you already did this. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so we basically talked about the tipping point. You had a few amazing tipping points that are so unique and cool. But the other question that I always ask at this point in the interview is struggling. Is there anything that you're struggling with right now with your YouTube channel? I think, honestly, friendships are really hard. Moving out to LA, I think that's a big thing. I would make a lot of friends or even now I'll still make friends and you kind of always have to wonder like, do they really want to be my friend or is it is it a numbers game? Which is really hard. I mean, I've been lucky to make a few really great friends from this that I know are good friends, but there's also so many times that like I've been to events or something and like someone won't talk to me, but then they'll find out later on like my numbers and they will talk to me. I think that's really hard because I'm definitely like pretty social. I like to make friends, but like I think it's hard. You know, it is really hard when you start making friendships and people find out what you do or if they do the same thing. I feel like it's always a competition with everyone. Mm-hmm. And I hate that because I'm not competitive at all. Like I'm, I feel like there's enough success to go around. But a lot of people are. A lot of people feel like they have to compete. And I feel like that's like a stressful thing. That, And it makes me stressed too. And of course, there's like the comparison game, of course. You know, because you try it. I definitely don't compete with anyone, but I, of course I, you know, I compare myself. You mm-hmm. find yourself scrolling on YouTube, seeing how well some people are doing and it kind of makes you forget how well you're doing or the fact that everything comes and goes. I feel like YouTube, just like everything else, it's like an, a roller coaster. Like some people do really well sometimes because their channel needs to do really well sometimes. And some people's channel does really well other times. And that's because it's like their turn to grow. And then, so it's always like, I have to remind myself when I see someone doing really well, that it's their turn. Like they deserve that. I should be happy for them. And like, I know that my time will come eventually. Like, going back almost like a roller coaster. I feel like that makes any sense. Yeah. And I think it's really easy to always constantly compare yourself to others if you're in this industry or trying to make it in this industry because everything is so public, everything is so visual. And you see some people with their Instagram and they have all these likes and comments and you're like, oh my God, or these videos, same thing. And it's everything is so number. There's subscribers, there's views, there's number of videos, there's number of comments. And it's so much about the numbers and it's hard. People always say, oh, you know, do it because you're passionate and you ignore the numbers, but it's impossible to ignore the numbers. Like it really is. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I know people, it's like, it's well-meaning to say that, but the reality is the people that have more numbers and more views and more comments are the ones that are getting more opportunities. Absolutely, They're making more money. They're getting more sponsorships. So to ignore the numbers completely is somewhat naive, but you also cannot allow that to control 
you because then you lose that level of creativity as well. So it's a very fine balance. It is. It is a balance. Mm-hmm, for sure. And so how do you deal with that? Oh, I think like I said, I just kind of remind myself that like it comes and goes because I do work with people who like are at YouTube, like I have a YouTube manager as well as like a regular one. Mm-hmm. And we've talked a lot about how YouTube really does come in a roller coaster. Like if you're having a low point, like it's very easy if you are strategic about it to come back up to a high point. So I think whenever I notice like my numbers are lower for a time and I feel like really bad about it, I try to like, instead of look at everyone else's numbers, I try to like get away from that and sit down and think, okay, what can I do to fix my numbers instead of worrying about someone else's? Cause that's not going to help me in the long run. Mm. So I try and just focus on what I can do to fix mine versus like comparing myself, which sometimes is hard. Sometimes I'll find myself like scrolling for hours and I'm like, no, 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 this isn't going to help my problem. So that's pretty much it. I just try to figure out what I could do for mine. For your own channel. Yes. So you mentioned a little bit ago about having the network and now no longer being a part of the network. Did you feel that the network helped you or were you just glad to kind of let them go? Both. I did have a really awesome manager. I did really like him. I felt like I became friends with him. But I realized in this kind of industry, it's not all about friendships. It's got to be a business thing. As much as I grew to have like a friendship with him, someone who'd be like, oh my gosh, congrats, you hit a new milestone. Or oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. I loved your new videos. You know, I needed someone to get me like sponsorships and opportunities. And while I was in LA, I mean, actually the entire time I was with that network, they got me one brand deal and that was it. And they've never like gotten me to any events. My friends would go to playlists and VidCon and they never got me any tickets or anything like that. I think just for the network I was with, it was more of a boutique management. So they had a lot of like bigger clients. I was, and they picked me kind of because of that quick growth I had in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I was still sort of on this, like this, I was definitely on the small end of their client or like their, you know, their, their roster. Yeah. Right. And so I don't think they looked at me as much. And then recently that I was, since I was growing a little bit more, they would look at me, but I think I just realized for me, like they weren't doing enough for it to be worth giving someone a percentage of everything you make. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so you said, are you open to say who the network is? was with? But yeah, I was with Studio 71. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've never heard of them before. And so now you have a manager outside of your network, right? Just a YouTube manager, like Just someone through YouTube. YouTube. Manager. Right. Okay. Are you going to try and look for like another manager or are you just really going to just do your own thing? I think I want to do it on my own for a while because I think I've got like enough of a drive where I'm willing mm-hmm. to like figure it out. And I, I like to learn. I like to figure things out. So whenever like, I don't know how to do something, like last week I was trying to figure out like, you know, how to find PR lists and for mm-hmm. events and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I realized like instead of contacting my network, I would have rather just figured it out how to on my own. Yeah. And you're big enough that probably either managers might find you if you want a manager or that hopefully, you know, those types of events or sponsorship opportunities might just start coming your way as well directly. Right. Mm. Typically they do come directly to me anyway. So having a network was kind of tough because I would still have to give them percentages of a lot of things I did. And it's like, especially when you do on your own, that's just not very fun. I know. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, Hey, (laughs) I want to keep that. Absolutely. Okay, so now we're headed to the next section of the interview, which is the best tips round. And I'm just going to ask you kind of what your best tips were are for certain things. And you just give like a quick response to answer. So the first one is, what is your best tip for starting a YouTube channel? I would say figure out your lighting. I would say lighting is really important because even mm-hmm. if I do say, like you said, equipment is important, but if you don't have good equipment, lighting can make your setup seem a lot better if it's not dark, if it's a lot brighter. Natural light can really change everything if you don't have good equipment. What do you use for lighting? I use all natural light, but then I also have a ring light. Mm-hmm. So if my light isn't enough, I will add the ring light with it. So that way I kind of have a little bit of both. 
What type of ring light do you use? Okay, it is a Smith Victor ring light. Okay, I'll find it online and then link it in the show notes. And so I know you do mainly fashion on your channel, right? Would you say that? I say like fashion and lifestyle, yeah. Fashion and lifestyle, yeah. And you have a lot of videos that are outside. Yes. So how do you handle the lighting in nature outside? I would say look for cloudy days or look for like later in the evening around golden hour. I like to shoot from like five to eight right now. And then sometimes also in the mornings is a good time as well. But when it's bright daylight, I try to like skip out on it and wait or just look for like a really shaded spot or like cloudy days as well. And do you use like a tripod? And because I know fashion's tough when you're outside because you're kind of moving around and all that. So do you have somebody that helps film those for you or do you kind of do it yourself and, and use a tripod? Both. So if I don't have anyone to help me, I will just use a tripod. And I had this little remote that I found like on Amazon for like $9. I think it's called an RC6 remote. And that's helped me a lot. But I do also have Noah who helps me a good bit. And then one of my good friends is a fashion blogger. So we'll kind of like take turns and she'll help me film and I'll take help her with her photos. Mm, that's nice. Yeah, I've heard of a lot of people like either like they're, you know, like you have your fiance, their spouse or boyfriend that helps out or like kind of they hook up with somebody like another blogger and you guys kind of help each other out. I think that's really important with like fashion videos. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. How often do you end up having to do it on your own though? I'd say, say if I film four, four fashion videos a month, I'd mm-hmm. say probably two or three of them I'll have help with, but then maybe one I'll have to do on my own. Like mm-hmm. if everyone's busy and I'll just have to, just have to do it and <laughs> just suck it up. And that remote that you have, does that basically allow you to operate your camera remotely or what does that remote do exactly? So the RC6, what you can do with it is you can focus and you can start recording. So you can't like do all your settings on your own, but you can focus and hit record with a button, which is really nice. Mm, That's nice. I'll link that also in the show notes. Yeah, I think it was like only $9. It was really cheap and really, really great. Okay, that's awesome. And what is your best tip for what not to do? when you start your channel? Oh, I would say not to directly copy people. Because mm-hmm. I know a lot of people, like, I'm even bad at this when I first started, like looking and see like another video did really well from someone. So doing like that same video, hoping it's going to do well. I think it's perfectly okay to get like ideas, just like everyone does morning routines, but definitely not to go and like see a video, see it does well and like, you know, kind of do the exact same thing. But like I said, I have been like bad about doing that before when I first started as well. Yeah. But it always backfires. <laughs> Yeah, really? How? Just like, is then first off, you feel bad afterwards because, like, I don't think in the moment you think that it's bad. Like when I first started, I'd see a video, like, oh, that's a great idea, and so I mm-hmm. almost just I appreciated that video, so I'd go yeah. film it. I'd film something and realize later on, oh wait, I, this is exactly the same person's video, and anyone's always gonna notice as well. And especially like that creator, especially if there's someone bigger, like you never want them to come and be like, oh my gosh, you copied my video because then that's yeah, you don't want to like have like you know bad that reputation, absolutely, and all that. yeah, for sure. What is your best tip for growing a channel? I would say to look for what's trending and networking as well. I'd say networking and looking for trends. And what do you mean exactly by networking? I would say collaborations are really good. I know a lot Mm -hmm. of people seem to think they don't help, but I think they do. Even if it's a little bit over time, that little bit still adds up. I try and do, you can look, because there's always YouTubers in every state. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not a YouTuber, you can collab with bloggers, Instagrammers. I look for anyone who I can do cross collaboration with. And I try and do that pretty frequently if I can. I know. I feel like 
you know, people always say, oh, you, it's better to be in big cities and all that, which is totally valid. And I think there's more events there, there's more brand events and industry events. But in a way, like if you're in a small area, it's easier to kind of seek out people, even if they're bigger than you and be like, hey, we're in the same area. I would love to collaborate. I'm a fan of your channel. Whereas in LA, like there's so many. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like in Columbus, I found a few YouTubers who live here, some that are bigger than me, some that are right around my size. And it's so easy to reach out because we're in mm-hmm. work with each other. But in Los Angeles, I was definitely like a small fish. So like, yeah, it was a lot harder to reach out to people. Yeah, because all the big boys are out here. Absolutely. And, and so it's like, oh, I'm in LA. And they're like, okay, cool. No deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, so, absolutely. so is everybody else. And so I think that's like a good tip for people that are maybe in smaller areas that don't be afraid to just reach out and do your homework and find people in your area and, and say, Hey, I'd love to do a collaboration and this and that and all that. Don't be afraid to reach out because they're probably looking for people to collab with as well. Absolutely. And what is your best tip to get noticed on YouTube? Oh, my best tip to get noticed. Let me think about that one. I would say again, like doing trendy things. I know I've repeated that one, but I think that helps me a lot. I would say doing trendy things and looking for not like all trendy videos, but also other things that are trending. Like the Jaclyn Hill palette was just trending. So Mm -hmm. if you did makeup, that could help you. Or if you see like maybe even a certain movie is trending, that could help you. I just look for anything that's trending that people are going to be searching for because that's a good way for people to find you if they're not just like just scrolling through who they're already subscribed to. And you use mainly that trends.google website. Is that how you find all your trends? Google trends. And I also just look a lot. I watch the trending page. I watch the homepage. I just look and see like what types of videos are doing well. Mm-hmm. That usually kind of like tells you, okay, so it seems like a lot of people are starting to do back to school videos. So I'll do that. Or a lot of people are doing videos on waterproof makeup right now. So maybe I should mm-hmm. look into waterproof stuff as well. Yeah, I think that's really good tips for video ideas because I get people asking me all the time, like, oh, video ideas. And it's like, you know, look at the trends, like look and see what is really doing well on YouTube in your niche. And some people ask, like, well, how do I find out the trends? Well, if you're not watching YouTube and you're not subscribed to a bunch of YouTube channels and being aware of what's going on there, then I think you're missing out too. Yes, you've always got to like be, even when you are making videos, you've still got to watch. You've got to be like a YouTuber at heart as well. I make Mm -hmm. sure whenever I see a channel that's doing really well or they've got like pretty good views on their videos to subscribe just because like every single person that you watch can help because anyone can have a video that does well. And before you know it, everyone is doing those types of videos. And so I tried and like subscribe to everyone possible. And I always just like scroll and watch and. A hundred percent. And then, I mean, I do the same thing because I'm always looking for people to have on the show and people that are interesting, people that are growing fast. And so I just, especially like the related videos, I'm like, huh, okay, this person popped up. Who's this? And then you just look and you do, you have to be not just somebody who creates content, but you have to be consuming content to be up and up on what's going on. Absolutely. I agree. What is your best YouTube SEO tip? Okay, I would say this is I don't know if this makes a lot of sense, but I like to repeat keywords a lot. So I actually have a program that I pay for. It's called VidIQ. Mm -hmm. And it is kind of pricey. They have like a $10 a month, but I pay for the $50 a month. And what it does is it tells you it literally looks at your description, your tags and your titles and tells you if you should rearrange your title, add different keywords. And that has helped me. It is a little pricey, but I think it has made a big difference in my videos. I've had videos that were not doing well. And then I, after I got the vidIQ plugin, it would like analyze it in my video. I've had one video that was like, it had like 9,000 views. It was doing very low. And that video is now at like 300 something thousand views. Mm. So it definitely, I think there's other ones that are cheaper as well. If you look for like YouTube SEO, like plugin, yeah. but I think vidIQ is a good one. It definitely has helped me like 
tell me exactly what keywords are higher and it kind of ranks them for you. And that's Mm. been a big help for me. Yeah, I'll have to look into that because I'm more familiar with TubeBuddy. And I, know I think TubeBuddy it might does. be, that's it. I think that's what mm-hmm. it's the same as that one. Yeah, I think those are the two big ones that I've heard that are out there. So um, that's great that there's another option as well. And what is your best equipment tip? Oh, I would say look for used items that are still good. So I love going to Best Buy and asking them if they have anything open box. I actually mm-hmm. just got a really good lens that is usually like a couple thousand dollars. I was ready to like to upgrade finally, but it was open box for a third of the price. Yeah. So I look for used equipment and I also look to see what everyone else is using. I know it sounds like typical, but I always watch videos on like how I film my videos and then I'll see, okay, so this lens is, seems to, a lot of people seem to use it. So it must be something they are often going to use and also leasing equipment if you aren't sure which lenses you're going to want, you can lease equipment from like bigger cities. And most, almost all cities, I'm sure have some kind of photo equipment place where you can lease a lens for like a few dollars a day to see if you actually like it, if you're going to want it before you go and like purchase it. Hmm, I've never heard of anybody mentioning that. So where would you be able to lease equipment specifically? In my city, there's like Adorama is what it's called. I think BH Photo does that. And those are pretty, I know they have those in New York, LA. They Mm -hmm. think they have one in Atlanta. So they do lease equipment. You can also just look online for like photo or video lease equipment, like in your area. And a lot of equipment places like have like used equipment, new equipment that you can lease for a few days. That's actually like a photography thing that a lot of people do in photography. So that's how I learned that one. Yeah. And I like the advice of like the open box at Best Buy. You can get some really good deals. Yeah. Those open box. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I know. I've gotten some stuff and you're like, God, that is like so cheap. I mean, it's like yeah. a look at the draw, you know, what's of there course. at the time, but you could get really lucky. Huh. And what about software tips? software, I say definitely do your homework and research on learning things. And I'd say everything you want to know is online. So I just use Final Cut Pro, but Mm -hmm. anything I want to know, I can Google it. I can find it. I used to think like, oh my gosh, someone, so-and-so's intros are so cool. Their text is so cool. And I realized all you have to do is like Google what you're looking for and it's out there. So I definitely think do your research for the software you have because you can figure out how to do like just as much as the pros can with like, you know, quick search. Yeah. There's so much information on YouTube and just Google about editing and all that. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So next and final section is our beauty bonus round. Okay. So this is kind of same thing. I asked the same questions to everybody who's been on the show and you come up with your answer. So the first question is, what are your three Holy Grail beauty items? Oh, so I recently got the Jaclyn Hill palette and I am obsessed with that. Are you? Um, yeah, I definitely, I'm, I really nice. love it. It's so nice. I was really glad I got that. Second one, I love the Sephora eyebrow pencil. I don't know the exact name of it, but it's like 12 bucks. And I found out in the store that it's like the dupe for the Anastasia one. And it's like mm. half the cost. And I literally bought them both before. And I realized the Sephora one looks the exact same. So I do love that one. My last one are probably my extensions. So I have Bellamy hair extensions. Mm-hmm. And I have the worst hair. I have really thin, really dry hair. So those make me feel like pretty confident. So I love them as well. Yeah, I noticed that you have like this amazingly vibrant red hair and super long. So is that from those extensions? It is. It's a lot of it is extensions. (laughs) And is that, do you put those in every day? Only when I'm filming or if I'm like going out to do something, but I don't wear them every day. Okay. But in all your Instagram photos, you have the hair. I do. 
And what made you decide to go that red color? Oh, well, I've always actually loved red hair. I noticed that I love everyone I see with red hair. I'm like, oh, that's so pretty. And I've tried, honestly, I was someone who has colored their hair too much. Mm-hmm. And I've had like, I tried blonde. It didn't look good on me. Um, I tried really dark hair. I didn't like it. And then I remember it at the salon once this lady said that my skin tone would go really well with warmer tones. And we started with like an auburn. And then I didn't like it for a while, but then actually like six months ago, maybe less than that, like four or five months ago, I was like, you know, let's just do it. I'm just going to go all the way red. And I think it was like my best decision. Yeah, it looks really, really good. Did you Thank get you. good feedback from people? I have. I feel like it's actually helped me grow. I did like a hair video with it and it yeah. got double any of my other hair views. And I think it's because of the red because it kind of stands out. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you, was it a strategic move to kind of give yourself a signature or did you see any kind of effect you know, on your channel and platforms once you change your hair color like that? I wouldn't say at the time it was strategic, but I think now it was like, it definitely was a good idea because I have seen a lot of growth. Like I will notice half of my comments on Instagram are about my hair, half my mm-hmm. comments, my videos are about my hair. So it wasn't on purpose, but I'm, it was a good move. I'm glad I did it. Yeah, it looks really good. Thank I you. like it. I think it looks Thank gorgeous. You so much. What do you use? You already told us you use to edit, you use Final Cut Pro. And what camera do you use? I have the Canon 80D. And then okay. I just recently got a 16 to 35 lens. Okay. And uh 16, 35 lens? Mm-hmm. Got it. When do you use the lens versus not? Oh, I use that lens for everything now. I used oh, you to use, use it for everything. Okay. Yeah, I used to use the Sigma 30, but I didn't like that one very much because I like to be like farther away from things. And so mm-hmm. I think the 16 to 35 gives me a lot more range. Gotcha. I have all the links in the show notes for you guys. Beautyinthevlog.com forward slash Lindsay Marie. And okay, so what would you not do again if you were to start your channel right now? What would I not do again if I was to start my channel right now? Oh, that's a really good question. I don't know if there's anything I wouldn't. Okay, I'll actually, I'll say I would have just made my mind up. For the first year, I just kept going back and forth. If a video didn't do well, I think, oh, no, I don't ever want to do that kind of video again. Versus thinking, okay, well, maybe I need to figure it out again. Like if I did a makeup video and it didn't do well, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. no, I'm never doing makeup. So I'd switch to a complete different type of videos back and forth. And I think that really confused my audience. So I think mm-hmm. I would have just figured out what I wanted to make videos about and stuck to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that kind of more defined your niche in a way. Right. Okay. Who would be your dream collaboration? Oh, my dream collaboration. Ah, for a while, I would have said Nikki Phillip because she was my first YouTuber I watched, but mm-hmm. we actually became really good friends in LA, which is oh, really that's cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, I had her on the show. Yeah, I know. I love Nikki. She's super nice. We started hanging out in LA a good bit. So I'd say when it came to dream collaboration, maybe like Carly Bible or Jaclyn Hill. I love them both. Yeah, I like both of them too. I would love to have either of them on the show too, but I haven't been able to get a hold of them, but (laughs) they're amazing. They're some of the first people I started watching a while ago too. Yeah, same, same. I love them both. What do you wish that you did do when you first started? Oh, I think maybe done a little bit more research. I think for a long time, I, you know, I did what what I saw was trending, but I didn't know how to look into it. I would just kind of see, oh, people are doing back to school or, Mm -hmm. oh, people are doing summer. So just put up something with those. I didn't realize like there's certain types of videos people look for. And probably the first year or so, I would just kind of put things up and Mm-hmm. I think also focus more on my thumbnails and like my SEO, because I don't think at first I understood how important that was, especially SEO for a while. I didn't realize that tags and thumbnails and like titles were the most important part. And I would focus so much on the quality of the video that I would forget to focus on the things that make people click on the video. Yep. 
I think a lot of people do the same thing when they first start and they don't realize how important that is. Uh, but I mean, the thing is, is, there's so much, there's so much to think about. There's so much to learn. If you're going to have a YouTube channel, it's hard to think of everything, especially when you're first started. Absolutely. What is the biggest mistake that you've made in your YouTube career? Biggest mistake I've made. I don't know if I would really say if I'd made too many mistakes. Maybe introducing too much of your personal life. Sometimes that can be a little bit stressful because you'll introduce like a boyfriend or something. You'll think it's like a great idea. And then like, (laughs) if that doesn't work out, everyone thinks that you're like hiding it from them. But really they forget like we're people and it's hard to put all that stuff on the internet. So I think maybe at first I would put like too much of my personal life on there before I really had an audience that knew me yet. Mm. So I think maybe I would have waited to be more like putting everything out there on the internet maybe. Yeah, I've heard that too, especially about relationships that, you know, people get all excited and they'll share it and they'll have the person on their channel and things that work out. And then they're like, I know. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, What is your favorite video that you've done or the one that you're the most proud of? My most proud of video. Actually, there's one that's coming next week that I'm really proud of. But I would say after then, I'm most proud of video. Hmm. I don't know what I'm most proud of. I'm proud of a lot of them, to be honest. I try and make sure that like whatever I put out, like I'm gonna someone would want to watch it. But I'd say a lot of my fashion videos, because I work the hardest on those, but I don't know if I have a specific one. I've done a lot of lookbooks mm-hmm. and I think those are probably my favorite just because I really put in like a lot of effort when it comes to editing and the clips for those. How long does it take you to do one of those types of videos, like the lookbook type videos or fashion type videos? Usually a few days for filming because I don't know what's wrong with my hair, but changing an outfit, whenever I change my outfit, my hair gets so awful. I don't know how to explain it. Look, it gets so bad. (laughs) So I can only do like one or two outfits a day. So I usually do like a lookbook while I'm filming other videos. Like I'll wake Mm. up and I'll film something and then I'll go and film two outfits. So those do take a few days of putting the few clips together. And then usually I'll spend like a full day editing the video. Yeah, they seem like a lot of work. Yeah, they're probably the most work, but they're always like pretty rewarding, I'd say. They do the best. Yeah, for me, they do. They do it pretty well. Mm-hmm. What's the one that's coming out next week that you really like? Because by the time this episode airs, it'll already be out. So I realized no one had ever done this, which is why I was kind of proud. I'm doing 100 Instagram pose and photo ideas because Instagram has been pretty like trending recently, and all my Instagram videos have done like really well. I had like one that got like 300, 200, and 100,000, mm-hmm. like three back to back. And so I was like, what else could I do that involves Instagram? And I was like, well, I wish it was like a guidebook for posing and taking photos because it's so stressful sometimes thinking of like what to take. And mm-hmm. so I'm doing 100 Instagram pose and photo ideas and it took so long to film. So I'm just so glad that I'm finally able to like to edit it and put it up. Oh my God, how long is that video? It's actually not very long. So I just did small clips of me acting out each pose and photo, but the actual act of filming it took so long because I wanted to do like different locations, different yeah. outfits. So it wasn't all done in one day. So like in reality, it probably didn't take as long as it seemed like it took. But to me, I felt like it took two weeks because I was so ready to edit it and look at it. And every day I was like, no, I got to do 20 more poses today and then I'll be able to look at it. So, oh, my God, that's a lot of work. But it was fun to edit. It wasn't the editing was really easy on it, though, which was nice. Well, we'll make sure to link it in the show notes since when this interview airs, it'll already be up. So definitely check out that 100 poses of Instagram video. <laughs> Thank you. That sounds like a good video. So. I hope so. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be informative. It'll be like a resource for people. So definitely I'll have that in the show notes as well. What is your favorite opportunity that you got as a result of YouTube? I would say, well, one would be, actually, I'd say, actually, I'd narrow it down. I got to go to Sundance in Utah and I I interviewed, yeah, and I got to interview John Legend, Jack Black, and Ray Romano. 
And that was like insane. I was so nervous, but that was really fun. It was a really stressful experience because I was very nervous. Mm -hmm. But I'd say just looking back, getting to say that I interviewed those celebrities and got to do that, I'd say that was probably my favorite opportunity. What was that? Like, how did you end up with that? Actually, there's a company, it was like an app company called Blipper. Mm-hmm. And they reached out to me. It's like a, an app company from the UK that was supposedly eventually coming to United States. I don't know if it actually has, to be honest, but they just offered me and like two other YouTubers to go to Sundance and we got to interview a few celebrities. And I guess the lady who was doing the interviews ended up like, she was kind of scary. She was like really, just because it's her job, I guess, to make sure mm-hmm. everything goes smoothly. But <laughs> I think I did oh well. I did okay because she liked me and like enough to let me do, like, because I really wanted John Legend or Jack Black. Mm-hmm. We did a few small celebrities first, like people that I wasn't really sure if I knew them, to be honest. But then if we did well, we could do like John Legend, Jack Black, and I got to do both. And I was really excited to say I did that. That's cool. So they paid for your trip to Utah? Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, that's fun. Sundance is fun. I've been there for that a few times and it's a lot of fun. It's a great time. Yeah, it was really fun. And okay, what is your superpower? Meaning what do you have naturally that you don't really have to work towards that you think has contributed to your success? I would say maybe being personable, because I've always loved to talk. I remember my entire life, even in photography school, my teacher would always be like, Lindsay, you should be in front of the camera because you talk more than anyone I know. (laughs) Um, I think it comes pretty easy for me, like talking, like I've never been a writer, but I've liked talking to people. So I think I've been decently comfortable in front of the camera the whole time. Never as comfortable as I am now in the beginning, but never like to the point where I was like super nervous or anything. Well, that's great. Well, I think that This has just been a super interesting conversation. People are going to really enjoy it. And not only is it interesting, but you gave some really good tips, I think, when it comes to coming up with video ideas and checking out the trends and all that stuff, because it's something that comes up all the time. People ask me all the time. They ask it in my Facebook group, too. So I think there's a lot of valuable information that you left in this interview. So thank Thank you you. so much. No, thank you. It's so exciting to do this. So. So for people that want to check out your channel, where can they find you? Not just your channel, but you know, where can they find you out there in the world of social media and everything? <laughs> All of my handles are Lindsay XX Marie, Lindsay with an A, but that is everything from YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. So all of it is the exact same. So it's pretty easy to find, which is, I, to, I fought hard to have the same username when I'm saying it. <laughs> I know, it's so hard to do that. But it's good when you can get that because that's really, really valuable. All right, guys. And make sure that you do go on to the show notes at lindsaybeautyinthevlog.com uh, forward slash Lindsay Marie. And all everything we talked about will be there, links and all that as well. All right, Lindsay. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it. That's our episode. And I hope you enjoyed it. And if you stayed this long, do me a huge, huge favor and leave a review on iTunes. Five stars would be amazing. It helps more than you know, helping other people find the Beauty and the Vlog podcast. Also, make sure you check out beautyandthevlog.com for all the show notes for this episode. And if you're not a part of the Beauty and the Vlog family on our Facebook group, Make sure you join for lots of support, collaborations, and questions and answers for anything related to being a content creator on YouTube. This is Erica, and I will see you next week.